reason why this is so enticing is because there's none of that BS. And the other thing about land is that you can specialize in properties that are like purchases at $500, $3,000, $10,000, or $30,000 or, or $100,000. Like in, we talked about those niches, you can get in at whatever your comfort level is. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast, Heather. It's so great to be here once again. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I'm taller today. You are taller. I'm quite a bit taller. sitting on a pillow. Oh, sure it's not a phone book? That's That was old school. I used to have to do that, yes. In today, the car or what? Yeah, like everywhere, especially oh. like... If someone didn't have a booster seat and the to, for the seatbelt, I've been short my whole life. I know some people start short and then they get taller, and uh-huh. I just some people seem like they're tall when they're young, and then they just stop growing, and then they seem short when they get older. Right? They're like they're really tall people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyways, I know some people like that. Yeah, that is not what we're talking about today, though. Is <laughs> no, but what what we are talking about is how to flip land. We're kind of taking a step back instead of getting into. Lots of the nuance of, you know, every single piece of land flipping. We're going to take a step back and we're going to go into how to actually flip land, kind of go over the whole process. Right. And we're doing that because that's kind of like we've had, seen that come up a couple of times. Like, OK, that is great. I love the individualized knowledge that you're sharing. But like, how do I even get started? What is it? What you know? And there's still that misconception about land being not valuable. Mm. Yes, and it I is valuable. It. I get it, though, because mm-hmm. you look at it and you're like, well, there's nothing on it. So it's, you know, unless it's in like the most prime location eh? who cares. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but then once you realize how valuable land can be and what it, an investment tool it can be to make money, boost your retirement account, all these different things, you start to think, wow, OK, this is something I should I should learn about. But where do I start? So we want to talk about what it is and where you start. Kind yeah. of like what where if you're if you're just joining us today and you're kind of like, Okay, investing in land, flipping land, what? You're at the right place. Yeah, you are at the right place. Or if you've done this before. Oh, gosh, Pete's leaving his pen pen everywhere. You know, or if you've joined us before, but you're like, I want to get back to the the nuts and bolts. This is going to be for you. So what are we're going to talk about, like, why you should flip land, why we do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what's what's really interesting about land flipping Mm -hmm. is that I've you know, I've heard people talking about it, but I really didn't know what it was all about. So we're going to kind of go into like, what is it exactly? What mm-hmm. is the business model? And then kind of what are the big pieces of that business model and make the in order to make the whole thing work? Right. So. And when you came to me, we, we were having this discussion. I always go back to it. we were on a walk. We were in Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. It was 2020. 2020. Okay. Yeah. And it was like the big dumpster fire year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we normally would be traveling half the year mm-hmm. and we weren't. And we were kind of like, okay, now what? I was like, you need to get into real estate again because you had done real estate for years and years and years. And then you stopped to help me do a, a different business. And at that point I was like, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. And I knew you were missing it. And I was like, you should get back into it. Okay. Then we're on another walk and you're like, this is the kind of real estate I want to do. And I was like, the hell are you talking about? Like, that was like my reaction. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. Word. Well, maybe, maybe you did. Heather swears a lot more than people think she does. Just a little insider tip. I know. That's she the sounds, most, you know, that is the most shocking thing people say when they actually meet me in person. Like, I mean, I can normally control it around new people, but I will say something and they, that's the one thing that they're shocked about. I look the same, my attitude's the same, but I cuss. Yeah. Well, I typically don't too much unless I'm really angry at the kids for some reason. <laughs> really angry at the kids. And it's like, you're yelling, you don't yell at the Clean kids. Clean your room. I'm the mean one. You're the nice yeah. one. But I remember you saying I you am. wanted to Thank you. You're supposed to say, no, you're nice oh, too. You're not, you're pretty nice. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely the, what is the word? I'm like, the disciplinarian and the, the evil one in the house, whatever. I've accepted my fate, but you brought to me this idea. You're like, this is, yeah, you're right. I do. I miss real estate. I need to get back into it. And, and I want to flip land. And I was like, yeah. And I want to be like, um, I don't know. I don't even know. I want to be, you know, in a different year than 2020. Like it was, yeah. you know what I mean? And so you had to explain it to me and you had to convince me. And I think that we're going to bring a lot of that today. I'll kind of throw out yeah, there. Yeah, why? Why land? Right. We're going to get we're going to get into that. Like why what was so appealing to me about land? Mm-hmm. Because we had flipped homes before. We had been in in real estate for quite some time. So I've seen a lot of different stuff, but land really appealed to me. First of all, because I was reading about people making a lot of money with it. Right. 
and making some just huge returns on their investment. And it was kind of really interesting to me. You know, I would read stuff about people buying a property for $10,000 and selling it for 30000 And that was like, hey, I would love to do that and triple my money in 60 days. You know, that's that sounds really appealing to me. Right. And at that point, we couldn't travel anywhere. Like mm-hmm. no one was really going anywhere. So I, I was saying to you, like, how are we going to do that? If we're on this side of the country and we're going to be doing something on the other side of the country, how can that work? And now that travel is no longer an issue, maybe a lot of people might have that same thing like, okay, but where I live that it's not feasible. Mm -hmm. So we'll be able to talk about that too. Yeah. Well, it's a little tip. We don't buy any properties where we live. I mean, not any land to flip that is. Right. And right. We are in Southern California. I guess if you don't know that too, we're in San Diego. So there's not, it's not a good land flipping market. Although I know some people that do it. It's just right. a different market you got to play. It's a different game to play here. Right. But. And there's different areas like Southern California is pretty big. And there's some people that even invest land in desert squares and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like if this is for you, there's also different niches that you can get into. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Land flipping is not just one size fits all. Mm-hmm. There's lots of little sub niches within land flipping, lots of ways to make money. And you'll kind of identify with, you know, certain ways over time as you get into it, if that is something you're interested in getting into. And, uh, you know, I think mo- most investors end up that way. They get a little niche or a little area or something that they're kind of really focused on that's worked well for them, that resonates with their skill sets. And then they just repeat it over and over again. Yeah. So we're going to get into all of that. Then we're also going to at the end answer some questions mm. that we have from people in our community. Why don't you tell a little quickly about the yeah, community? Yeah. Well, so. our, if you haven't heard, landconquest.com is where you can find our community. Again, that's landconquest.com. And in there is a community of, uh, I think we've got 16, 1700 people in that community right now. We've got brand new investors. We've got also experienced investors doing over a million a year in land flipping. Obviously we're in the community too. We're all hanging out. We're trying to better each other, learn from each other, and uh, kind of uh, really trying to take our land businesses as far as we can. Now, a big part of that community is that it is designed around our land flipping training program, which we give away for no cost at all, right. completely. And this is not some throwaway, cheap, free land flipping course. It is free. You know, we're giving it away at no cost. A lot of people have said they bought other courses where they paid thousands of dollars and yours is better. Right. I know you don't want to toot your own horn, but I didn't write it so I can say it. Yeah. Right? Well, yes, you did. yes, exactly. So, I mean, I tried to kind of download everything that's up here from you know, now doing that hundreds of land flipping deals. You land, land up there. Yeah, land, all my <laughs> land flipping knowledge and real estate knowledge kind of tied in mm-hmm. as well. And tried to make the best possible trading program that I could and held nothing back. There's nothing held back at all. It's not like a upsell for the advanced training mm-hmm. course. This I've got is no the advanced. Yeah. yeah, this is advanced. This is everything nuts to bolts, A to Z, how to do everything. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do in order to get it for no cost is just join our community, which is and no cost as well. So landconquest.com. Go there, check it out. We've got other ways that we will benefit from this. So don't worry. Uh, there's, you know, we will benefit from this as well. We can get into that later. And then we alluded to the fact that you've been in, well, we've both been in real estate for a long time. You've been a licensed broker here in California since 2006. 2006. We've flipped um, houses during that market from, you know, well, probably 02 to, or 01 to, 08 or whatever, mm-hmm. flipped houses. You then went into working with the banks. You did REOs, so mm-hmm. where you helped the bank sell their inventory once it had been owned by the bank for right. when it was closed on. When the market crashed. Right. Yeah. That was years and years ago. <laughs> then you did help people short sales. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you helped investors buy properties. You found them on market or uh-huh. off market, both kind of thing. And you helped them procure properties either to flip or to hold as long-term investments. Yeah, these are mostly large investment companies and I would just find them deals that match their criteria. And it was great, it was actually pretty easy. I would just find them as many deals as I could and they would buy all of them. And they were unemotional buyers. Yeah, it's just business, right. just so, numbers. Right, exactly numbers. Okay, did I forget any aspect of, you've done you've done REO, I'm sorry, you've done BPOs, which is broker, broker price opinions for banks and for investors, which is just where a lot of people try to compare it to an appraisal it's not because you're not measuring anything, but it is in the sense of that you're both providing a value. Okay. And a broker price opinion can also be done by an agent. I was a licensed agent. I'm no longer an agent. I did sell like one property while I was an agent. I was amazing. That was a great closing. I was, I was the top agent that day. Okay. So you have all that experience. And even with all that, you, this is your favorite real estate. Oh, by far. 
Yeah. You know, as you hear people talking about the, in the land business mm-hmm. that they talk about, like there's no tenants, there's no toilets and there's no toilets. Yeah. You know, there's no, none of that stuff that mm-hmm. you deal with, tr- with traditional investing, you know, like uh, the, if you're flipping homes or if you're going to be a landlord, you know, th- there's a lot of complexities that go in with that. With land, as you'll see when we dive into the business model here, you're just buying and selling the land mostly. I mean, you sometimes can get into doing some improvements on the properties and sometimes it makes sense to do that. But typically those improvements are pretty light. You know, it could be some brush clearing, could be some survey work, something like that where it's not a lot of really heavy lifting as you could, as you would say. Right. So, so I, I wanted to give that because I think a lot of people are like, I want to get into real estate. A lot of people want to do in real estate. Actually, I just heard a statistic that there's more real estate agents than there are houses for sale. Really? Right now. In California or just everywhere? I think it was a national thing, mm, okay. which I thought that was so funny because real estate, it's, you want... Real estate is very, the industry is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very- Low barrier to entry? No, but okay, well, we could go there. (laughs) It is. You're killing me. It is. It is. It's easy to become an agent. Mm -hmm. Or or a broker or an investor or whatever, Mm -hmm. in some sense. But it's very, what's the word you're drawn to it? It's very enticing. Magnetic? Okay. Yeah, it's enticing. Everyone wants to be in real estate. But then you get into those things like that. Like, do I want to deal with a tenant that has, that they clogged their toilet at three in the morning? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you want to get into those things? A lot of people don't. Sounds messy. Yeah, especially for you, because you'd be the one having to go do it or something. But and we actually had a rental property at one point. Remember, they couldn't figure out how to turn off the sprinklers. Yeah, I remember. And I was like eight months pregnant. We had to like rush. I almost hit this microphone. We had to rush over there to show them how you. Yeah. And we showed them before, by the way. Right. They were turning it the wrong way. They Mm -hmm. were doing the on. Anyway, so the reason why this is so, you know, enticing is because there's none of that BS, Mm -hmm. you know. And the other thing about land is that you can specialize in Properties that are like that purchases at five hundred dollars, three thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, or thirty thousand or or a hundred thousand. Like in, we talked about those niches, you can get in at whatever your comfort level is, and I think that's another thing that draws to it. So, having said all that, let's let's start. Okay, so first um, of all, hold on. Pete made me a cheat sheet. I just want everyone to know oh, when I'm yes. looking down here. It's a cheat yes. sheet. Yes, we've each got a co- copy of the cheat sheet. It keeps us on track. And make sure that we cover Keeps us on track. Come on. Keeps us on track. Yeah, good luck. The first thing I want to go into is kind of what the basic business model is. What is land flipping? Easiest to explain Mm -hmm. way, I would say that flipping land is just buy land for an aggressive price off market. So we contact sellers off market to buy their land. So we buy it off market. And then we put it on the market with an agent or broker to relist and resell the property at an attractive price as well. The goal is to sell it quickly, uh, within 60 to 90 days generally is our is our targets. And then we try to double our money in all of our deals. So you're trying to buy it wholesale and sell it retail. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's, that's it, except for that there's no like, wholesale warehouse to buy yeah. copious amounts of, of land. Nice. That would be nice, but no, no. I don't. I don't think those exist. So you get in touch with sellers, people who own land that for whatever reason, you're a convenience buyer. And convenience buyer, that's right. Right. Yeah, our offer to them basically is we buy cash, we close quickly, we make it easy, we pay their closing costs so they don't have to worry about it. They don't have to pay any additional property taxes. They don't have to go out to the property and make it retail ready. They don't have to deal with an agent to kind of uh, go through all the, jump through all these hoops in order to get the property ready to list. It's kind of like we contact them. They may not even have you know it's not top of mind or anything like that we we send them they're not even yeah, thinking they're not, I want to they're sell not this. thinking that in a lot of times they're like okay i don't want to pay the property taxes anymore this is an afterthought i've never been to this property or they may have inherited it or they, maybe they bought it 20 years ago and they haven't been there in 10 years and you know it's it's not a property that they're you know too excited about so. i think a lot of people question why would someone want to sell if they could list it on the open market or you know a retail why would they give up um, any of that money? Well, some, some have already tried that, first of all. So some people have already listed with an mm-hmm. agent. The agent listed it too high, sat on the market for a year, and it didn't sell. So we've run into a lot of those situations. But also, you know, some people, I know it's hard to believe, some people don't want to deal with a real estate agent. I know, shocking. But, you know, okay, think of things like this. Uh, we order a lot of DoorDash food. Mm-hmm. We do. It's a waste of money. I won't even tell you guys how much money we spent. It's a waste of money. But here's the deal. I am not a cook. I don't like cooking. I hate cooking. We have limited time. We go for a walk when I could be cooking or you could be cooking. I don't know why I say I have to, you could be cooking. Dinner. You don't want to eat what I cook. Exactly. My point. Exactly. <laughs> and so we spend way more than we should getting DoorDash meals and we try to eat healthy. So it's not like we're buying, you know, the Taco Bell or 
I don't know, maybe Taco Bell can be healthy to some people, but I'm not trying to pick on Taco Bell. I've seen Taco Bell show up here before. Yes, I know. We have one kid that does actually like Taco Bell. And if she's not feeling it, she's like, can I have Taco Bell? And then I get guilted into it. So thank you for, for calling me out on my, my failings as a parent. But a lot of people would look at that and they would say, you guys are batshit crazy. That's spending too much money. You should find a way to cook. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason, right? But we still do it and we don't care. Right. It's the same kind of mentality. Somebody that is that is not vested in a piece of land will look at it and say, I will just pay this, the property taxes every year. It was actually an inheritance from my great uncle. Hey, everyone. Just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. Whatever, I don't care about it, or I bought it as an investment, or I bought it to build, or whatever. And it's just kind of something they're not even thinking about. Or they got it as a repayment of a debt. Like, we've heard all sorts of crazy reasons or how people end up with land. They don't care. It has no value. It has zero value to them. There's no way that they would go and call an agent and then have to provide all this information. And then, yeah, the agent say, you need to get it mowed or whatever. And then you need to do this. You need to, no, they're just not going to do it. They get this letter and they're thinking, well, gosh, this property had zero value to me and they're offering me $10,000 and maybe I could, you know, get $20,000 if mm-hmm. I went to an agent, then I have to deal with an agent. Then right. I have then to I gotta pay commissions Then I gotta pay closing costs. Right. Yeah. Not going to happen. Don't want to do it. And um, it's one of those things that you kind of have to get over that not everyone thinks like you. Yeah. And that this is actually a, a, your convenience. And when when people call up and like, you know, they understand that they don't care. Uh, by the way, it's a, probably uh, a number of these people have been through this before where they call up an agent and the agent says, OK, this is a twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollar piece of land. There aren't many agents that will take it a listing like that. Right. And that's actually a really big point that I didn't even think of. It's true. You call them up and they'd be like, yeah, it's worth that. I'm sure it would sell. But I'm not taking that because then they, you know. What are they going to make if they get their typical, let's say they get 3% commission. Mm-hmm. Is that worth it for the agent have to drive out there, field all those phone calls? No. To make $600? No. 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 So uh, there's a lot of things that go into it and why people do it. And I think that it, getting past that for me was a big one. I tell the story. My parents actually sold a piece of land this way years and years ago. They were happy to get rid of it. It was just of no value and they'd never been there. They didn't want to go there. You know, if you think kind of the bigger picture. And then you, of course, we do send letters to people and they get pissed off. Yeah, well, that's part of the business too. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sending out, what we do is we generate all of our business with direct mail. Mm -hmm. So these are actual letters that we send out to people in the mail. And it's not just any letter saying, hey, I want to buy your land. We we take the approach that we actually put an offer amount on that letter. Mm -hmm. Kind of makes it serious from the beginning. You know, we have a two-page thing. First page is kind of like who we are and why we're contacting them and what we can do for them. Second page is an actual one-page offer. And so it's basic. It's like, here's the details of your property. Here's what we're offering for it. Here are the terms in which we are willing to buy it at. And if you're interested, sign it and send it back to us. And we get a lot of people signing it and send it back Mm -hmm. to us. We get a lot of people that call and say, hey, I'm interested. Is this real? And then, you know, then we have the, the discussion from there. But, and then some people, you know, call back and say, I want to sell, but your price is way too low. Mm-hmm. And we took a look at it in detail, see if we can come up at the price and come up to the price that they're looking to do and see if we can put a deal together. Yeah. And you're upfront, like, hey, if you want that top dollar, yeah, you can list it. But then again, they're like, eh, no, I don't want to yeah, And, and that. a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, say they want a certain amount and we look at them and we're like, no way, that's that's retail or it's above mm-hmm. retail. You know, right. some people are just unrealistic of what they think their property is worth. They're out of touch with that. Mm-hmm. But, and then, you know, they may go and try to call a few agents and doesn't go so well for them. And then they come back and, and ultimately end up putting together a deal with us. And so. some people tell you you're full of crap and it, this has more oh, value yes. than you'd have any idea. Cause they, and, and it's true. It's they, it might have sentimental value. You can't, mm-hmm. we can never pay sentimental value right? or well. they don't want to sell whatever. And if you want to see the letter, just point out that it is in our training program at landconquest.com. Oh yeah. We get that away. That's, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can take a look at it and see exactly what it is. So that's kind of how we get it. That's mm-hmm. how it works. That's why it works. Yep. And that's the reasoning behind it. And then you talked about this. So you, do you want to go a little more deep or detail about, um, about how you get it. Cause you wrote yeah. on here, you get the direct mail. But- yeah, exactly. So direct mail is how we do it. That we mm-hmm. send out that letter, that two page letter, but it all starts with creating a list. So generally we're going to target a, a particular area and uh, you know, we're buying properties all over the country. We're always trying to find new areas to kind of establish our roots in. So We've done, pro- we've done, bur- bought and sold properties in, in many different states at this point. I'd love to be able to say I've 
we've owned and sold properties in all 50 states. Maybe one day we'll. We're close. California. Right. You have we're done not, California. We're not that close yet. No. Washington, we, well, we've done a lot of Oregon. States, but, you know, there's a lot of states like Alaska and Hawaii and New Mexico and some of those others are going to be tough. Yeah, you're right. But Why'd you include New Mexico in that? I think. I don't like New Mexico. I'm sorry if you're from New Mexico. He just has had a couple bad experiences like driving through it. And then we did a cross country road trip. And it was also like when we parked at the hotel, which was a decent one. It was like, don't leave any value. Like we had all this. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel weird when I'm there. I like the people of why. New Mexico. They, it's the alien thing. Yeah, actually, that probably were, is it were for you. Met. Yeah, they were saying, they were but. very nice. I think it is the alien thing for you. He, you're weirded out by that kind of stuff. That okay? We just we just we just figured that. Maybe out. I was abducted by aliens at one point. I don't know. That would explain so much. Okay, <laughs> so we you create the list, you prepare the list with the offer oh, price. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I, I create a list. There's mm-hmm. apps that we use to. to um, that are Compile list and, providers. Basically, okay. what's cool about this country is a lot of things. How, well, there's a lot of things that are really cool about this country, but mm-hmm. but one thing that's really makes this business work in this country <laughs> is that all property owner ownership data is public mm-hmm. data. So we can pull lists in any of these sort of areas of like all the landowners of properties that are 10 acres and above and compile this list. Mm-hmm. Then we use that list to put together our mailing. So right. You know, we'll we'll basically base it off of averages. And the reason you keep saying in this country, because we're based in the United States, is that Mm. Canada, it's not that way. Yeah, most countries are not that way. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of people from Canada that are like, I wish we had that. And so that's why you're pointing out. Mm, Yes. Mm Because it's different. And then you, what's the next step? Well, yeah. So we prepare this list. There's Mm -hmm. a number of steps and we go through all this in the training career. There's a number of steps we do to prepare the list. So basically we're looking at average values of, of land in a particular area. So we look at a retail value. Then we back off a certain percentage Mm -hmm. and we come up with our offer price. So we just basically create this big spreadsheet. It's it's actually pretty easy. And then we put in, you know, a price per acre that we're going to offer for this particular area. For most of most of the stuff that we do, we focus on the larger properties, you know, five, 10 acres plus. Some people focus on what they call infill lots, which are just basically an empty lot in a subdivision that's like a quarter acre, you know, houses all around. For some reason that wasn't built on. Some people do that as well. And we buy we buy and sell some of those as well. But generally, the mail that we send out focuses on the larger, more rural type properties. So uh, we'll do it a basic price per acre in that particular area. And then what happens is we have a mailing service that we they've got our letter on file. We send them the list. They merge it all together, send it out. I'm not Stuffing I'm not envelopes. licking envelopes and you know putting stamps on or any of that kind of stuff. They do all of that stuff for us. And that allows us to mail a bunch of letters each month. Right. I mean, we did have kids for that reason, though. Yeah, I've done that before. We have. We have. We have mm-hmm. done you Not know in direct mail business, in, yeah. the, in the you know the real estate agent business. We mm-hmm. did a lot of outreach with direct mail, and I you know for one for a while there, I had someone that I was hiring uh, to just you know handwrite all the oh, envelopes yeah. and everything. You know, they were for a year or two, they were just doing all my outreach that way. You know, if I think back to those times and now, I don't think that it made any difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I probably don't, should attract it better. I don't know. Maybe back then it did, but but you talk about the you'll see the exact letter and you use an envelope and it has the opening, kind of like what you'd get for almost like a bill, maybe. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah, it kind, kind of, of looks like, like that. that yeah. It's not like you're trying to be and that's the other thing. I don't like when people are trying to fake to get you to open it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like of course you want them to open it, but you're not trying to be like, you know, on the like envelope like um I don't know, special, special surprise for Pete Reese inside. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it is. So you don't like it to be cheesy. Cheesy. Yeah. This looks professional. I would open it. Mm-hmm. That was a big, I open our mail. You don't really open mail much. So no. um, I, I would open that up just to be like what it is, you know, no fancy, I don't know, any crazy stuff. Now that we sent out this, we sent out the offers um, and then now it's time to convert leads to deals. So exactly. what are the steps in that? Yeah. So what happens is, you know, we send out all this mail and then we get responses. Now, the responses can be they mail back the offer signed. Mm-hmm. That could be one response. They call in. That's a very common response. They call. We have a call center that we use that's 24-7. They answer the phone. So they call in and they either say, hey, I'm interested, um, or they say, I want to find out more information, or they say, take me off your list, and this is such a low offer and complaining. And so we, we get a number of those different scenarios. They also email us sometimes and they also get text us. We leave it open to them. Respond however you like. And once they respond, then it kind of gets into our system and we see if we can convert that 
lead at that point into a deal. It's interesting. I was talking to somebody who uh, provides a service for me and they, um, they have it automatically now where you can like book. Um, it was my lashes. I was my, my lash person. Um, I know they're not real. They're not real. I know. Um, but anyway, she said that that they're real, by the way, go ahead. Must be nice. Mm -hmm. And so she said that when she converted from being able, like where you had to like text her or message her to, to set up an appointment or you had to do it before, like it used to be like you would go for the first appointment, you call or whatever. And then the next one's like, before you leave, she'd set up your next appointment or whatever. And she said that she, when she converted to where you can do it on your own, she had more appointments. It went way smoother. Of course that makes sense. But she said that like 75 plus percent of the people book these appointments in the middle of the night. Hmm. like from 10 to like, you know, five in the morning. And it's because a lot of times we're so busy during the day that when you sit down to actually get something done, like what I'm, what I'm getting at is that we offer 24 hour, they can call in 24 hours a day and people do call in at, at yeah. odd hours. Right. And you think they're probably thinking, I'll just leave a message. And that's kind of still what they end up doing, but we need to do it on their terms. You need to think of how people are kind of, this is something, a lot of times this is not an urgent thing for them, right? They mm -hmm. weren't planning on selling this property. And so they're like, they finally sit down like, oh, I keep doing, I keep meaning to, I keep meaning, okay, I'm just going to do it. It's 10 o'clock at night, whatever I'm just going to do. It. I'm going to call in. And that makes a big difference. So if you're into this or whatever, just a little kind of side note that, um, or if you have a different type of business, super important to offer that because we kind of live in a 24 hour world. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. So, so anyways, again, you were keeping us laser focused. It didn't work. Right. First of all, then when we get these leads, we're evaluating the property in detail. When we compile these big lists, we're just kind of looking at general criteria. We're not looking at the property individually. Mm -hmm. When they respond, that's when we really dig into the property. First of all, see if it's a property we actually want to buy and make sure it's not a junk property. So we want to buy quality properties. Uh, at the right price. So that's kind of our thing. We have a podcast all about don't buy these properties yeah, if you're looking for exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah, go check that one out mm -hmm. as well. And so we're looking at quality property. We're looking to find quality properties. So we evaluate the property. Mm -hmm. uh, we evaluate, obviously, on that lead that comes in. We're evaluating their motivation. And if their motivation's there, if the property is something that fits our criteria, uh, then we are trying to put a deal together with them. Now, Hopefully it's right at the offer price that we sent them. Sometimes we were too low on our offer price and they are looking for more and we're able to come up in order to put the deal together. Sometimes when we evaluate the property, there's some things about the property that make it kind of below average. And in those cases, we're going to have to renegotiate in order to put a deal together. So basically it would be a situation like, hey, we can't give you what we offered because half of your property is wetlands and there's no road access, you know, whatever the case may well, be. Well, you're creating the price based off of like the average, the of, average. A, of an average property. And if it's below average, it's going to get av below average right. pricing. It, it just makes sense. And people know that, you know, these these sellers, these property owners, they're know, not shocked. Yeah, yeah, they know what their property is. And they know it's maybe not a super premium property if it's a situ situation like that. So we let them know what it would take in order to purchase their property in that situation. And then obviously the ball's in their court. They can decide whether they, if they want to do it or not, you know, and uh if they want to do it, we can come together on the price in, in either, either of these scenarios. Then we sign the contract and we move towards the closing. The closing is similar to any other real estate transaction. If you bought a home or sold a home before, it's a little bit easier maybe with land because there are less variables. There's no occupancy to worry about and generally with these properties. And, you know, it's, it's a cash transaction. So you're not dealing with a lender, which also kind of uh, might slow things down. In, in other types of transactions. So I got to jump it because we use um, an escrow company or a closing a title company or a closing attorney. Right. So it's whatever is the, the same for the state. Um, and then you said too, that they're cash. However, if you don't have a lot of cash, we actually have a podcast about that. How to, what did we title it? Like how to, how to, how to, how to buy properties without any money of your own, something like that. I don't know. It's a better way. We say it better. Like right. how to flip land without any of your own money. So if you're listening like to that. this, don't worry. Yeah, you know? but yeah. Actually, after we get through these, we'll tell you about a good program that we've got that will make it so you don't have to use any of your own money. Actually, the closing process is you know just just the same thing. Basically, we're hiring a closing company. We're getting title insurance. We're we're doing everything like you should be doing. You know, we're not on the we're up not and having up. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to a seller's house and having them sign the deed on their kitchen table. We're not doing well, any of that kind a of pile stuff. Of cash. Yeah, yeah. Like I know people do it, mm -hmm. do the business that way, but that's not the way we do things. We do things. 
We get title insurance. We make sure everything's good. So we're not going to get burnt in that manner. We do a research on the property to make sure it is what we thought it is. Uh, and that research is generally sending out a photographer to the property. Um, we have a whole list of things that we, questions that we ask the county or the city, you know, wherever this property is located. We get the title report. Obviously that digs into some, some things as well. And by using the title or, or closing company, um, we're also making sure that the seller is really the seller that really is authorized to sell. And then we get title insurance. It's another thing that's just, it's, it's, and also we are providing that security for the seller too. We're a legit company. It's going through an escrow company. Yep. They get their money. You right. Know, like the check's we, not going to bounce. Yeah. You, we, you know, we wire the money to close mm-hmm. to the closing company. The seller, you know, signs the, the seller paperwork, the deed and everything like that. The closing company or the escrow mm-hmm. then basically processes that transaction and make sure the seller gets their money make sure we get the signed deed and recorded and then everyone's happy. Oh, and everything can be done remote. Uh, yeah. Everything's remote. Right. Yeah, it's not like um, we have some sellers that still like to go in. Yeah, some sellers, uh, they prefer to go into the closing company. I guess maybe they're, you know, just wondering if, you know, they just want to make sure it's legit or something mm-hmm. like that, I guess. I think we just but, had one that drove like six hours to do a yeah, table closing. Yeah, crazy. But maybe it was a fun trip for them. I right. don't know. I don't, I, I, yeah, it can mm-hmm. be kind of exciting. You're getting this money that you really weren't even thinking about. Mm-hmm. And maybe there is some sort of like they want it. It feels safer to do that, too. Like, I'm yeah. not going to sign it off. Maybe they were on the way to the casino. Maybe they were. And they were going to double their money. They, yeah, that's exactly it. That's, I don't know. Hopefully they sounds, doubled their money. Put it all in black. Like something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, is it red the other option? Like, I don't even know. I don't yes. gamble. Okay. Well, I think yeah. they should put on red. Okay. So everything's remote. Um, we go through all that kind of stuff. So we also get, you know, the broker opinion. I don't know if you touched on that. So we, a local agent in the area will give also the, a heads up. Oh, yes. That's, any, that's a big part of it. Yes. Yeah. Because they might know something that we don't know because that, oh yeah, that property is great. Except for that it used to be a dump site for oil or a pig farm or I don't know what, wait, not a pig lagoon. Is that what? Hog lagoon. Hog lagoon. I know that cracks. That's not a pond. That's a hog lagoon. Nice. Nice. (laughs) So anyways, we do all the the behind the scenes stuff and then, okay, how to fund the purchase. Let's get into that a little. Yeah. So are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the land conquest business system today, and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. So basically, you can use your own cash. Mm -hmm. You can also borrow money from a friend or a bank. I don't know why that cracks me up every single time you add, like, borrow it from a friend because... Hey, Frank, can you lend me $50,000 to buy this property? It's just... I mean, I don't know. You could... Some people do. No, I think that there's a lot of situations where that absolutely works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like so-and-so is like not the idea guy. He's the money guy. Mm-hmm. He's got right. money from whatever he was doing. He's always looking for investments. It is great to have a friend like that right. guy. Like or Frank. Girl, like Frank or Frankette. I don't feel like a lot of people have that friend uh, or that rich uncle. Rich uncle. <laughs> so if they don't, it's okay because we have. Oh, uh, yes. We have the Partner with Pete program. And this is this is how to get into land flipping without using any of your money to actually purchase these properties. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty revolutionary because we've come up with something different. Because it has your than, name in it? Well, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, if you want to point that out. Sure. Yes. But it's a, it's a revolutionary program because mm-hmm. we're doing something that's kind of not available. Not anything I've seen, at least. But mm-hmm. here's how it works. Basically, an investor... You, you know, and a land flipper finds a deal. And if it's a deal, then you submit it on partnerwithpete.com. There's a form to fill out and where you give the information and uh, the details of the deal. We evaluate that deal within 24 hours. And basically I look at it and say, hey, this is a deal. I will partner with you on that. And basically what that means is that we will use our money to close the deal. You don't have to use any money. You don't have to bring any money to the table. But we use all of our own money to close it. We use our team to kind of do all the research on the property, hire a photographer if we need to get a brush clearing done or a perk test done or any of that kind of stuff. Like we know what to do in order to research these properties well, as we, well. We absorb it into our system as if it's one of ours. Yeah, exactly. We use all of our resources so that it's more cost effective. It's a lot more streamlined and it's quicker. Yeah. Um, so we do all that and they don't have to. There's no risk. In the sense well, that yes, exactly. I think a lot of people like that too. Yeah, so we go through the whole process and then we go and we resell the property. And when it resells, we split the profits 50 50. 
no risk. There's no downside for the investor. Because yeah. it's like we're going to come after you of something. Like we've yeah, done our like, own. You like know. if it was a loss or something, I mean, that hasn't happened, knock on wood. Um, but anything's possible in, in with investing. Mm-hmm. Say we lost money in a deal, we wouldn't come after you. It's, you know, it is obviously it is. there's no profit. Yeah. You don't you don't make any profit on that deal. But we're, you know, there's no downside, mm-hmm. only upside. And so. we created this because, well, a couple of things. We were thinking each step of the way when we got into it, like, okay, Uh, If someone else was going to do this, like, what are the barriers to entry? And we kind of like kept a running list of all the things like, okay, all these other things you've created to like business system, how to keep track of it, the different people that we have doing different things. But the big thing came down to money. It's It's money. You know, it's like you might have the drive. You might be this sounds super exciting, but you don't have, you know, $500,000 to get started to buy up all these properties. Now, mm-hmm. if you're someone who wants to do this independently, you could start with doing the, a $10,000 deal mm-hmm. and just keep parlaying it up. But but most people who are in this mindset can't control themselves for that. Well, it's addictive. Yeah. You know? What's kind of cool is that you're not kind of limited by just those lesser value properties. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could get a $50,000 property or a hundred thousand dollar property locked up and we, uh, agree to partner on the deal. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more profit to be made in those type of situations and obviously no money out of pocket for you, which is kind of cool. Right. And right now there's a liquidity issue too, mm-hmm. um, banking and just in general investments. Yeah. Tough to get loans. You yeah. Know. There's just been a lot of, um, upheaval and upheaval. I don't know if that's sure. right, but a lot of, um, and it's stagnant. So in a lot of real estate, there's been, um, hard money. That's mm-hmm. something for houses, but there's been nothing in land because again, people just don't see the value. Yeah. So, and this, this kind of takes it, it beyond, it makes it accessible for yeah. everybody. The other thing I want to mention about this is it's not like we've got just kind of a, a limited pool of funds. And once that's up, we're not doing it anymore. Like anything that's a deal, we will partner with you on. We've got resources. If we use up all of our money, we've got resources to get, to get more. Don't worry about that drying up. Wow, is it like buried in the backyard? We've got resources to get more. Well, you don't need to know about this, Heather. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so after, okay, so we get it. You get your your deal funded. You bought it, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Now it's time to sell the property, yes, right? Yes, we sell the property, yeah. So we always say you list with a qualified real estate broker or agent. I use the term broker interchangeably, mm-hmm. but it's not. A real estate professional. Exactly, yeah. And a land-focused professional generally right. in most areas. We have a whole podcast on this. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can let you find that one. It's called- How to find the right- Something. Agent to sell your property or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, and we really go into detail on that because it is super, super, super important. And then you can add additional marketing above the efforts that the agent or broker has done, like Facebook, Craigslist, neighborhood letters. Yeah, yeah. It's like you could send out letters to all the neighbors around that property because a lot of times neighbors end up buying these properties. Mm-hmm. It makes they, sense. they might be right next door to this property, had no idea who owned it for all this time. And they're thinking to themselves, if this property ever comes on the market, I'm going to buy it. You know, when in reality, they could have tried to find out who owned it and made them an offer directly and maybe put together a deal. Right. And that's it's twofold because you think I think a lot of times in the past 20 years, you don't know your neighbors as much. Mm -hmm. The other issue is that if it's vacant land, it's not like they're hanging out, checking the mail every day. You're not seeing them. You're not trying to buy them. And we've walked by things like, oh, gosh, look at that piece of vacant land. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, but we never took any steps to you know like find out what the deal is or make any moves towards it. So no, it's, that's what happens a lot, of times, right? And know? a lot of people once it's vacant, it's it's kind of strange too. Neighbors kind of feel that is a community piece of land. It, yeah. If it's been vacant, it's just like oh, that's the vacant patch of right. land. So it it is weird because you think oh they would reach out to each other if they wanted to sell. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And also people just aren't as maybe friendly. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So you just don't really get to know your neighbors as much mm-hmm. unless you have a Pete Reese living in your home. And then he's like the friendliest guy on the block. So I am pretty friendly. You yes, are. you are. Yeah. He's the one who smiles and says hi to everybody walking by, even if they're like, it's kind of a game to me. Sometimes I always say mm-hmm. hi to people when we walk by and, you know, some people look at me like I've got three eyes or something. Yeah. But. Especially in Orange County. But anyway, San mm-hmm. Diego has been a, it's been a friendlier environment for yes, people like you. Friendly, friendly people. Super friendly people. Um, anyways. Okay. So then the next thing is closing transaction. And again, we go through what to keep it. Yeah. You, we go through a closing company an escrow title attorney, you know, whatever the case may be for that particular state. So we go through, you know, once it's under contract and we've agreed to a deal with a buyer that steps forward through our agent and, uh, then we just close it like any other deal. And then the best part is after that. Yeah. If they actually send a wire, if they're like the really ancient yes. um, thinking and they send a check. Yes. Well, we get our money. I guess that's the bottom and line. And that is the beautiful yeah. part. That's when the deal is done. When you get your money, not when it closed, not when you get it under contract. The deal is done when you actually get your money. Wait a minute. Every single time you buy a property, you tell me you make money when you buy. That's true. 
<laughs> so both. So okay. you make money when you buy. The deal is actually done when you when you actually receive your money. Okay. So two different things, kind of. Okay. You that do like good. you do make money when you buy. Like when you buy a good deal, you've created that that equity. Right. That's where the value comes from. Mm-hmm. I know. And a lot of people forget that. That's why yep. the buy is so important. Yeah. Very, very important. Okay. We actually hit under our target so we can answer questions and stuff. Yeah. Let's do it, Heather. Okay. You ready? The community, there's a an opportunity in there where people ask, you know, just random questions. And you yeah. pull. How do you choose these ones? Uh, I just want, find ones that are interesting. And sometimes... You know, I have time to answer them in the community. And sometimes uh, there's a lot of questions now. So it's hard for me to actually keep up with everything. And, you know, I don't want to answer every single question because I'd love to have everyone kind of, you know, putting in in their two cents as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just ones that I'd like to highlight that look interesting to me that I think would make good good content for a podcast is that's how I pick them out. Okay. Well, we will see how he did. We'll we'll score you later. Okay. Amit says, okay, appraised value versus assessed value. Hey, we're just starting out in Tennessee after Texas. Now we know Texas is a non-disclosure state. So what is a non-disclosure state before we? Okay. In some states, uh, there's about 10 of them, I believe, and Texas is one of them, where they don't report the sales prices into public record. Most places they do. Like Mm -hmm. you can look on Zillow and see exactly what a property sold for. Texas is one of those where you don't see the actual price it sold for. Okay. Um, and in that particular case, the assessed values are really close to market value since the state wants more property tax on valuable properties to keep its state tax low. Now in Tennessee, we see the assessed value and not even close, but the appraised values are. Oh, okay. He's saying that they're not close. What is really the difference? Does anyone have experience or an idea? That's kind of how it is in California a lot of times too. Yeah. So here's the rule of thumb. Don't pay attention to those. I know. Uh, I was, you know yeah, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. in your business. Yeah. It varies from state to state, mm-hmm. from county to county. Like there's so much variance and they all have their certain system. You know, some areas keep the, the assessed values artificially low and base their property taxes off of that. Some areas, they try to actually assess the properties at what the actual market value is. So if you know of a particular area where it's right on with, you know, a certain county or something like that, where they're right on with the assessed value, then you could use that. But you'd have to have some, some specific knowledge about that area in order to use that kind of data. But generally, you know, we're, we're not paying attention to those because they're all over the place. Right. It's kind of like the um, off-market sales, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at sale material or documents and stuff and you see some that are kind of like crazy you don't know what why you know so it's i almost feel like if you get too into that it's kind of like almost not doing your job Mm -hmm. like i would just ignore it yeah yeah so these uh so basically don't don't worry about it It would be great it would be so convenient if those assessed values were actual you know market values would be so easy to do this but they're, that's not the case. <laughs> but you know what else? Um, then everyone could do it. Like then, yes, exactly. And that's the thing is like anytime that there's any sort of issue like that, it's it's kind of good because it gives you extra time. Yeah. Okay. This is from Themed Getaways. Now, first of all, your username is Themed Getaways. I appreciate you being in our community, but I would love it if you switched to your actual name instead of Themed Getaways. Although unless, that's that's your na- unless that is your name. But, but if that's I, your name. I don't think so. Cool. I don't think it is. But anyhow, advice needed. Verify seller ad- identity for self-closing. Notary versus no notary. Great to see this community. How do you all verify the identity of the seller is the owner on the deed if self-closing? And when do you require a notarized signed purchase agreement from the seller if self-closing? My question is about verifying the seller is who they say they are prior to marketing a property for sale if you self-closing, not using a title company attorney on the purchase transaction, any feedback is appreciated. Okay, so the gist of this question is about self-closing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we went over this right. uh, previously. We always use a closing company to do the closings for us. Now, there's a number of reasons for it, and one of them is that they actually verify that the seller is who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but they run a title report to make sure the chain of title is good on the property. Now. I know that it's some land investors will do, you know, what they call self-closings, meaning it's at the kitchen table type thing. So they'll give a check and the seller will sign the deed and then you're good. You know, so maybe they bring their own notary or something like that, or they just use a notary to kind of hand the check to the seller to sign the deed. But what happens there is that what if the notary is their friend and they paid off the friend to do I, the, people misunderstand a what a notary is. Go on. Yeah, but people misunderstand what a notary is. Mm-hmm. They're not a party to a transaction. No. They're not providing anything. They're literally just saying that the person that I think is this person signed this based off of an ID and a thumbprint if it's real property, right? Mm-hmm. Their job is not to make sure that they're even the same 
person that was on, you could have two John Doe's mm-hmm. or John Smith. And then this person could be going after every John Smith property. Yes, John Smith appeared before me, but John That's Smith is not John Smith. I hope I didn't just give people an idea. Yeah. yeah. You're literally paying it. What is it? $10 a signature? What is it now? I don't well, even it depends. know. depends. Every state's different. Right. So the price. $10, $15 a signature. Right. Like so that. I'm, you know, I was a notary years and mm-hmm. years and years ago. So I don't, this isn't like legal advice or anything like that. I, I had to do it for my job at the bank, but, um, that's not your job. Mm-hmm. So don't think that the notary is guaranteeing that that's the right person. It's not. They're just guaranteeing that that person presented in front of them is that person. There's a lot of scams going on right mm-hmm. now. I would definitely use a closing company. I guess the only the only kind of exception to that would be maybe if you're doing ultra cheap properties, five hundred thousand dollars, something like that, where you'd be more closing costs. Five hundred or a thousand, not five hundred thousand. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's a whole different game when you're right. dealing with these cheap you know, desert square type parcels or something like that. But we, we don't deal in those properties. Uh, so, you know, it's a whole different thing. So we've got room to actually pay closing costs and we mm-hmm. just mark that in as part of our deal. But I think it's a very important thing. And, you know, it's possible to do those self-closing. Sure. There's nothing that says, there's no law that says you, you have to use a closing mm-hmm. company. But, you know. We went into it from the beginning. I wanted, um, it's we, we wanted to present as an actual official business to the seller and to buy, like, and I think that that's, um, that's where kind of some of the squirminess people get from real estate professionals when you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to say it can't be done. And like you said, there might be a place, like if you're buying super cheap lots, maybe mm-hmm. there, maybe there isn't actually room for that. And maybe that's fine. And your loss is $500, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely. Yeah. And just know that, that that's not a notary is not like guaranteeing anything. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay so need advice. This is from Jesse says need advice after seller response in my PA. Do you know what purchase, purchase agreement. agreement? Yes. Buyer to conduct a full investigation of the subject property to include all physical and legal aspects. If discoveries are made during the due diligence process that the buyer does not approve of buyer may choose not to complete the transaction without ramifications due diligence period to include the entire length of the escrow period until the closing has occurred from my seller. Once we sign this contract, I expect buyer to perform due diligence inspections and cancel this contract only if buyer discovers reasons for not purchasing the property. Not being able to flip the property in 90 days is not a good reason to cancel the contract. If buyer wants an option to buy an attempt to flip the 90 days, we can talk about an option fee. But my understanding is that buyer wants to buy the property unless buyer discovers good reason not to buy during the 90 day due diligence period. Buyer should not have an option to cancel simply because buyer is unable to flip the property in 90 days. Unless we cast this transaction as an option and discuss an option fee. Any advice to proceed? Yeah, so that's a long one. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) she loves these long ones like this. It's Uh, Okay, so it basically starts out with, he's mentioning the standard kind of um, verbiage in his agreement saying that he's got an out basically if until he transfers that money until it's signed yeah, actually he can get out he can you get know, out for if he discovers something mm-hmm. about the property that he doesn't like the seller responded with some own with some of their own verbiage saying hey that sounds fine but i don't want you to just cancel because you can't flip this property in 90 days. So a couple things about that you know some <laughs> where do you want to start well some investors are using a method it's kind of an option agreement, they call it. So basically, they try to get a property under contract, and then they try to resell it to someone else, another investor, or on the market. And basically, they're not actually closing the purchase. It's like a double closing at the table. Yeah, like exactly. We don't do that. That's not our business model. We actually close and we actually purchase on these properties so we, we can control And we don't market them right. until we own them. Exactly. Yes. So the seller is responding and saying, hey... I don't want you doing that. <laughs> so right. they're saying, I'm under the assumption that you're actually going to be buying this and you know maybe reselling it then, but mm-hmm. I want you to actually close on it. Then you can do whatever you want with the deal. They're saying like, hey, well, maybe we could discuss an option contract, but you're going to have to pay for an option agreement. So that's another thing. Generally, if you're going to do an option agreement, you generally want to pay some sort of fee for this option, the ability to option this, this property. So it's just kind of, I wanted to highlight it because there's there's lots of different ways to do this business. That's not the business model that we do. We close on the properties and then we resell them afterwards. Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually 
Use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. There you go. Take that for what it's worth. And really, someone coming to you with something like that, I would kind of... Right, yeah. I mean, I guess they could pay for an option agreement. Like, hey, pay me $5,000 and, you know, market it all you want. You know, I don't know. Yeah, just be up front and and Mm -hmm. see if there's a deal that both sides are happy with. Okay, Ian says, hello from Canada. Hi there. Wait, isn't he supposed to say A something or other? Very polite people. Anyways, I'm curious if there are any other members from Canada here or anyone with any advice on accessing U.S. land deals from north of the border. Has anyone had success with that? Thanks. Oh, he is going to be so happy with your response. Yes. We have lots of Canadians in our community, and I know of lots of Canadian land investors. Mm -hmm. So there's ways to set up. Even beyond Canada. Well, even beyond Canada. We know people in Europe and all over that are buying property, flipping properties in the United States. So you know, the, uh, they set up an entity in the United States or maybe in their own country and do business that way. But I think they use generally they set up a, an entity in the United States, maybe that's owned by an entity in their own country or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the I don't know what that structure is, but it's definitely easy to do. So right. obviously everything's remote. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting in Canada or California or in Europe or, or anywhere around the world, you can do this business because mm-hmm. I'm not going to any of these closings. I'm not walking on any of these properties. I'm not doing any of that stuff. And so, all of the tools that we use, like for everything you talked about, like the mailing company, getting the the um, property names, everything, you're not going down to any courthouses or anything. No. They will, will take your money from Canada. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, probably, uh, you probably want to get a U.S. bank account. Like I said, I'm not an expert in this, but I know it's done all the time. So there's probably people that can guide you on that. But, you know, I'm sure you, you probably have to get a U.S. bank account, maybe a U.S. entity to make things easier on yourself. Even the notaries, everything are remote generally. So you can even do online notaries in some cases. Some case, some areas don't accept online notaries, so they'll have to FedEx and stuff like that. Or you can have a power of attorney that, or someone that can mm-hmm. uh, you, you can authorize to notarize the documents for you in the United States as right. well. The interesting thing, too, is because like a lot of times it'll come like if we're in California and they send the I don't know, let's say pick a random state for me. Nebraska. Nebraska. And it's going to have the closing stuff that you need to get notarized. It'll say, it'll have like the verbiage that Nebraska uses for their notaries. Mm-hmm. And our notary here in California just um, crosses it off and attaches a paper and set, and uses mm-hmm. our affidavit or whatever. Right. Um, so the same thing can be done. It can be done in different countries too. Mm-hmm. We'll normally accept anyone else's, their form of a notary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, don't, I, that's absolutely can be done. Like yeah. that's, Yeah. That's about it with the questions. I think there were some pretty good ones. I tried to stump Heather as much as everyone else. Yeah, well, thanks for that. You mean with the with, <laughs> with the, the right, real long ones? With the real long ones, or you you did get me one time for some reason. I could not get through reading it. That was funny, but appreciate that. Uh, that was nice. And yes. just watch your back. Yes, well, I'll watch my back. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we do a little bit of wrap up of where all of our free stuff is at? Yeah. Okay. Let me get let me get you primed, and then you can answer. So, where's our big hub? Where's the first place to go? I keep well, like- definitely go to landconquest.com. That's our that's our community. That's absolutely at no cost at all, and we've got our training program in there in the community. Absolutely no cost at all. We've also got a library of Zoom calls that we've done. Uh, you know, we generally do a Zoom call every couple of weeks with the community, where we're basically evaluating deals. You know. Mm-hmm. Students uh, bring their deals or, or community members bring their deals, submit them, and then I share my screen and evaluate each of these properties one by one, let you know what I'm looking at when I'm buying properties, what I think it's worth. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of good deals that students have or um, community members have brought through that those uh, Zoom calls. So those are kind of got a bunch of recordings of those up as well. So those are really valuable. Well, it helps to be able to see kind of how you're doing it mm-hmm. internally and, and that. Yeah, that's a, a huge thing. So and then so you've got the whole community aspect there. You've got links to the Zoom calls and then you have the actual training program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. And then um, we have turning profit, which yes. is more centered on this. 
Yeah, well, Turning Profit, uh, our website for turningprofit.com has got all of our income reports on there. Now, I think the income reports are super valuable if you're trying to figure out what's possible in this business. And these income reports are basically every month I track the main metrics in our business, our revenue, our gross profit, you know, how many deals we sold that month, how long on average we're holding these properties for. And then I go into each and every deal, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how many days we held it for, gross profit, tips on, you know, uh, notes on each and every one of these properties. What what didn't go? What did you learn? What will you do? Repeat or not repeat? Yeah. And so those, those show all the good, the bad, the ugly. Thankfully, there's not much ugly, right? No, no. In the income reports? Yeah. No, no. Thankfully, things have gone really well and you'll see exactly how lucrative this business can be, really. So and maybe maybe that'll be exciting to you. I think that it. Uh, where's the fifty first deals? Oh, that's on Turning Profit as well. We haven't so, talked about that in a while. Yeah. So what we did was put together. When I say we, I put together a. I didn't even know where to find it. So obviously, it was you. It was a roundup of like the fifty first deals that we did, or fifty first land flipping deals. I go through each one of them right at the beginning, like from our very first deal to number fifty. And each one of those deals, I told you all about like what that deal was about, what I bought it for, what I sold it for how much profit we made on that deal, you notes on that deal. You know what would have been a good thing to add to that was like, Heather was still freaked out about this, did not believe this would work. Heather's yes. starting to see the light. Heather got this wire and now she loves this. Yeah, how many deals Heather, did it take for you to get comfortable with this? Probably three. Three? Okay, after three profitable deals, you were like, okay, this might work. Uh, yeah, the first time I went into it, I was like, well, I mean, there's nothing else going on if he's having fun, whatever. But I, I you're, you've always been really good at real estate, so I didn't doubt that, that it would work out. But I was kind of in like a, you know what I mean? Like the life had shifted. So I was kind of uh-huh. like, whatever, it'll keep them entertained. And then the first one, I was like, really? You doubled money? Whatever it was. I was like, really? Okay. And then the second one, I was like, well, maybe it's beginner's luck was yeah. the first one. Second one and the third one, I was like, yeah, we should go all in. Yeah. And it was, so we did. It's fun, you know? And that's the reality. Like it should be fun, right? Yeah. You're making a, a win-win situation for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, the other thing too, that we didn't mention through all of this about land is that housing has become so expensive that people have felt priced out of it and they have. And so you look at land and you're like, wow, because land hasn't risen to the same level the houses have. So people can still get like into areas they really like at a very affordable price in comparison. Right. And then they can wait till the dust settles or whatever, and they can build the house that they want. And and they're kind of getting ahead. Yeah. So there's been a renewed interest, I think, in land that kind of is is more hopping than it has been in the past. Yeah, but in a lot of these areas, these are rural areas too. So they may, you know, buy a manufactured home, right. buy a piece of land, buy a manufactured home, get it up on the property quickly and uh, and be in business and for a lot cheaper than what they could buy a home for around there or a tiny home. You know, that's that's kind of big these days as well. So. Yeah. Okay, so we did that. Now, what about social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, best places to find me on social media would be Reese Peter. And I think we're going to start focusing on X and threads as well. I haven't really done anything, but I'm just keep talking about it. Okay. Uh, so on Instagram, I'm Reese Peter. On threads, I'll be Reese, Reese Peter. Peter. And then on X, that's Pete Reese. P- previously known as Twitter. Previously known as Twitter. Is Pete Reese? Huh? You're Pete Reese there? Pete Reese. Okay. Yeah. I think you should get a, a little more on in, on uh, LinkedIn too. Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm going to focus on that as well. And then the big we put a big focus on YouTube as well. So YouTube, obviously, we put all these podcasts on YouTube. And then we've got lots of other content. We do our income report videos on there as well. Mm-hmm. And I've got some interviews uh, that we are going to be doing on a regular basis as well with people in our community. So I'm kind of excited for that. Right. And then last, I, I don't know if this is last, but one other thing, partner with Pete. If you oh, want to learn yes. more about... Um, Getting money for your deals. Partner with Pete. Yeah. Partnerwithpete.com. There's a video on there that kind of explains the whole process. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, You know, eventually uh, coming soon, actually, we're going we're going to have a mentorship program as well. Uh, It's not ready yet, but that's in the works. And that's going to be it's not going to be, you know, a cheap or inexpensive thing, but it will be super valuable. And the goal of that is to take you through the process of turning this into a real business, maybe quitting your regular job if you want to go that route. But I think there's a lot of people that have, that this sounds really interesting to, but they're kind of like the people who like to do group activities. Like I want to do this, but I don't want to bring in a partner, but I, I need that like mentality. I need that space. And that's going to be perfect for them. Yep. They've got all the tools. They know that they can do this, but they want to do it in more of a 
group environment, yep. kind of like bounce off things. Like, am I doing the right thing? And that's going to be huge. Yep. And then you have one other thing you didn't mention, your business Oh yeah, system. the business system, the land conquest mm-hmm. business system. Essentially, that's our whole business system that runs our company. Now, right now we're, uh, we've already done at this, we've already done over $4 million in, in revenue so far this year. Uh, so we're doing a lot of deals and this is how we process all that stuff. So it's not just, once you get to that point, it's, it's not like you can run things on Google Sheets anymore. You need an actual business system to deal with all the leads, mm-hmm. make sure everyone is followed up with properly, to run all the different systems within your company. You know, and they all work together and keep you organized so that you can you're not limited by your time. Uh, we also, when we created that, we took into account thinking, okay. This is something like we we reached a point where we were doing Google Sheets. All you know, what I mean, yes, to, to, that's how I started. So we were like, before we launch this, we want to make sure that this is going to be for people before you start or jump in when you've already started. It'll it'll mm-hmm. grow with you. Yeah. But ideally, it'd be great if you did this like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's the foundation for scaling. Mm-hmm. So the scaling, foundation for scaling. Well, it is. I mean, you, it's not just about sending out more mail or doing more lead generation in some way. Like you've got to have a foundation for it or it's all going to fall apart. I'm going to totally use it when I tell one of the kids, like, well, we only have one kid at the house. The other ones are adults, but the kid like clean a room. I'm like, this is the foundation for scaling. Okay. Yeah. Use that Heather. I'm, I'm going to do that'll it. Work. Yeah, I know. Right. It won't. Anyways, thank you all for joining us. This yes. was another fun uh, episode. I like talking about all this and I hope this kind of gives a, a really good overview And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. All right. Bye. Ready to start Turning Profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.